Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. John chapter 18. Let's go there. John chapter 18. Now this, uh, we started last week, uh, we you know, went out of the, the Doors Open series and into this series called One Cause. Imagine that. And, um, but what I wanted to, I want to touch on three different aspects about our church is one cause. And last week we talked about our cause. Today we will be talking about our culture. But our cause is found from this scripture. It's, it's really uh, where we were inspired to name our church One Cause Church from this verse of scripture. And I'm going to ask you to, to read along with me in just a moment when I call on you. But I'm going to read the first part of this verse. It says, Pilate therefore said to him, this is Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. Are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. Let's all read next together. Ready? Read. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So Jesus, uh, with conviction and with certainty, declared, I was born for this cause. Isn't that an amazing thing? Jesus knowing that the Roman scourge was the next thing that he would endure, where he would be beaten mercilessly by the Romans, and by his stripes, therefore, we are healed. Where he would also be given a cross to lay upon his shoulders to march up the hill called Golgotha, and there he would be pierced for our iniquities, bruised, pierced for our sins and our trespasses and be impaled and ultimately pour out his life even unto death for us, for our sins. I thank God for that. He knew all of that was there. He was on the cusp of it and yet he said, I was born for this. I was born for this. I was born for this cause. And this cause that he said, he said, to bear witness, that I should bear witness to the truth. Well, what was the truth that he was bearing witness to? Well, the truth that he was bearing witness to was that God loves us. And God, you know, the, the worth or the value of something is determined by that which someone is willing to pay for it. And what God, the price that he put on us, the value would cost his own son his life. So don't ever think for one second you're not worthy. Because God says you are. You are worth the death of his son. So let's get that jargon out of our mouths, huh? Lord, I'm not worthy. Yes. Oh, you're not, really. Yes, you are. Don't let that seed of the devil called religion train you and teach you out of the truth. Because the truth is God loves you, and he so loved you that he gave you Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm here to bear witness of the truth. And this also was the truth that he came to bear witness of, and that is God is good. Because the scripture says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good 
and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm here to show you the truth. And I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. So no one comes to the Father but by me. And this is the truth that he came to bear witness of. And the truth also of the condition of sin that we were in. The broken state, the broken nature that we had. Not because we did anything, but simply because we were born. Adam was the one who had sinned, but that sin nature got passed down to every person following. And all of us were born that way. And so we couldn't help ourselves. We were born that way. We couldn't help to fall into sin. We couldn't help to fall into the pressures and, the, and to give into temptations and perversions and all kinds of things. Why? Because we were born that way. But praise God, God offered a new way for us to be born again, and now we can't help but live for Him. Now we can't help but choose the right thing to, to live a holy life. We cannot help but to love others and to serve one another because we're now born again that way. Woo! Can't help but serve it because I'm born that way. I like the excuse, I was born that way. I used to be like, no, you weren't born that way. But we really all were. All born broken with a propensity to every sin. Yeah. That's a great admission, actually, that you were born that way. Thank you for being honest. But there's a solution. That's not everything to your life. God offers for us to be born again. Woo, I love that. Thank God for his amazing grace. And this is why, as I said, we're called One Cause Church. Because Jesus said, I was born for this cause. And, and we have taken up his cause because we realize this cause is greater than just our individual lives. You know, his cause is what moves us. This, this cause is what, I don't know about you, but this cause is what gets me up out of bed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it really, you know, like I said last week, vision is something that you possess, but the cause is something that possesses you. Yeah. Right? It's, it's everything. It gives you the strength. That, it's it's it, because of that cause that you find courage. Uh, in life and, and that you get understanding and you get actually the proper perspective on life. In other words, you see things as he sees them. Yeah. And that's such an important thing. That's such an important thing that we need to understand because, and, and this is what I'm going to talk about, about our culture as a church. And our culture is basically just summed up in this way. Our culture is one of believing, belonging, and becoming. Believing, belonging, and becoming. That we believe, we walk, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by, thank you, I had five people with me there, for we walk by and not by sight. In other words, we have given up on the sensual realm being our final answer. We've given up on the sensual realm being that which we are governed by, our feelings. I feel, I feel this way. Well, okay, but do you want to live that kind of psychotic life because you feel great one day and like hell the next? But there's a greater reality called faith in God. All right? It's called faith in God. In other words, it is seeing it how he sees it. Because God has the right perspective. Anybody realize that? He has the right perspective. He has the right perspective on life. He has the right perspective on your life. His plan for your life. And it's going to take faith in him to really discover that, to really know what that looks like. Because, you know, your feelings are just going to lie to you. We can't fully trust them. I've told you this before, but years and years ago, I was in an airplane with a friend of mine named Brandon Clark, Pastor Brandon Clark, who pastors... Celebration Church in San Angelo. Actually, 
Y'all attend there right now, don't you? That's okay for now, but not for good. <laughs> but Brandon and I were on staff together when my dad was pastor of the church, and Brandon was youth pastor, and I was the worship leader there. And so we we probably spent more time goofing off than anything else together. But Brandon was taking these lessons to learn how to fly a plane, and uh, our somebody had given my dad and his ministry a little plane, a little 172. And uh, 172, a little, I mean, it was fun to fly in, but it's not like flying commercial airline. You know, when you're in this plane, to get from destination A to B, it's kind of like this. (laughs) And if you are, if you have a propensity to motion sickness, do not get on that plane. So Brandon told me, he, he was doing, taking some, some lessons from actually one of our deacons in the church who was an Aggie. I don't know, first of all, that's pretty dangerous that you're going to let an Aggie teach you how to fly a plane, but based on all the Aggie jokes. He said, hey, you want to go with me today? Um, and I said, what are you doing? He said, today I'm learning how to land. So, today? I don't know, man, (laughs) but I was like 25 years old. You know, when you're 25, you think that nothing shall by any means hurt me. I am Superman, right? So I said, yeah, sounds great. We might crash and burn. Yeah, let's do it. Forget that I have wife and children, right? Let's risk it all. So anyway, I went with him. And what actually the, the lesson was called touch and goes. So we would take off from Mathisfield Airport and take off and then we'd circle the airport and then come in for a landing and just touch and then go back up again. If you do that more than once, you're going to get sick. And I was getting sick. And I was in this back seat of this plane and these two are up front. And I mean, I just feel the green come on. The mouth starts watering right back here, you know. I'm like, Start swallowing hard and going, God, I don't want to puke in front of these guys. Please, please don't let that happen. So I thought the best thing to do was just try to ignore what was happening and just lay my head back. Well, Heather can attest to this. I can sit down, lay my head back, and fall asleep just like that. Drives her nuts. And I did. I just, boom, fell fast asleep. Well, Roy, the instructor, Roy Zesh, he just looks back to check on me, and he sees that I'm fast asleep. And so he says, Brandon, we're going to get Eric. So Brandon's like, okay, what are we going to do? And he says, I want you to just slowly ease the nose of this plane up, you know, ever so gradually and slowly. And he said, and then in a moment, I'll give you the, I'll tell you to level out. And he said, okay. So we're, you know, slowly making the incline. I don't have any idea. I'm out. And then he finally says, level out. So he leveled that plane out. And the next thing they hear is me going, ah! <laughs> It was just like that. And I finally was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And, what? and they're laughing their heads off. And we're just flying along perfectly safe. <laughs> but that sensation... That sensation that I had was at the leveling out was we are spiraling downward to our deaths to the ground. That's what it felt like, that we were going straight down to the ground. Every feeling in me was telling me, this is bad. You're going to die. But the guys who knew the truth 
knew everything was actually okay. That's why you need faith in God in moments because your feelings will fail you. And that's why our culture is one of walking by faith and not by the sensual realm. We walk by faith because faith is what grounds us. Faith in God is our victory in this world. What does the scripture say? Whatever is born of God. Is is anybody here born of God? If you believe on Jesus, then you're born of God. If you believe that glorious gospel, that Christ died for your sins, and he was buried and he rose again the third day, it's the most amazing news there is in this world. And whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. I love this, this God of ours. This is so opposite of all the other religions in this way that every other religion is about kind of a point system, a merit system, but not God's. No, you can't earn this. You, can't, you cannot earn this eternal life. You cannot earn this sonship. You have to believe it. Yeah. I'm the one who earned it for you. What Jesus did for you was earned your rightful place with God. You can't earn it. That's why you have to humble yourself and say, okay, I am worthy of this. And therefore, I want this. Because God didn't bring you in just into some... Uh, job. <laughs> he made you his sons and daughters. It's an incredible experience. It's a incredible thing. You belong. See, you belong. This is, I mean, you believe, I'm sorry, that you, we believe what the Word says because the Word continues to stand the test of time again and again. Psalm chapter 33, 11 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. What that means, I love the, that verse of Scripture, Psalm 33, 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. So he's got this counsel, he's got this word, this truth that stands for all time and then plans for every generation to come to know that truth. You know, and every generation is, is a bit different, right? Like my, my kids growing up thought that I was so out of touch with anything cool or anything, you know, awesome Everything that about me was old and outdated. And I remember thinking the same thing of my parents. You know? And not so much my parents. I mean, me and my parents kind of grew up together. We're only like 16 years apart, so it's a little different deal. But, but every generation is a little bit different in that way. But we all have, we're all the same in that we're human and all the same in that we need Jesus and we need the grace of God. So that's why the gospel is what we continue to preach. It's the continually relevant message to every generation. Christ died for your sins. Every generation needs to hear Christ died for your sins. And he was buried and he rose again the third day. You believe on him. See, he died for your sins so that you don't have to die from your sins. And he has come to help you and he's come to save you and to bring you out of darkness and into light. And to give you a life, to give you a future, to give you a hope, to let you enjoy the Beauty of his abundant life. That's why we hold to this word. That's why we believe the word of God. Because it's everything to our existence. It's everything to this Christian life. So coming here today and you hear the word of God, the scripture says that's how faith comes. And since we live by faith and we walk by faith, then we need faith to keep coming, don't we? That's why it's important to be Gather together, hearing the word of God. 
Because there's, there's where faith is, comes. But also, it's not just about faith coming and hearing the Word of God. That's crucial. But there's also this 2 Corinthians 4.13 that says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. You see what that just said? It says the spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is this, believe and speak. Believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. So we hear the word of God, faith comes, and then we put that faith into action by speaking what we believe. Well, what do you believe? And you can tell a lot about what a person believes because of what's coming out of their mouth. I'm not talking about every once in a while a slip up here and there. I'm talking about the, the, the normal, everyday kind of language. Right? Because Jesus said, out of your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? Your mouth tells on your belief all the time. Your mouth, your mouth tells on your faith all the time. All right? That's why we need to get the word of God. Because let that seed come as Heather always prays every week. That word as a seed will be planted into our hearts and bring us into, what do you say? A, harvest, a great harvest for our future. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's so well done. I mean, it's beautiful. I just can't articulate it like you can. But so we have this continual believing and speaking. So I told our 930 service that you should, in your Bible reading time, just go through and where you see the word faith, put believing and speaking there. It, it really opens up a new thing for you. Now, believing and speaking is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For we walk by believing and speaking and not by sight. Isn't that interesting? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our believing and speaking. The spirit of faith. And we need it. We need it because you need to win, and it's how, it is your win. God is on your side today. Did you know that? You might have known it, but we still need to hear it again, don't we? Huh? God is on your side. Tell somebody next to you. Tell them God is on your side. Huh? Husbands and wives, you know, I might not be on your side, honey, right now, but God is on your side. <laughs> God is on your side. He's on all of our side. The fact that God became a man proved to us that God was on our side. Amen. While we were sinners, he was on our side. While we were enemies with God, he was on our side. While we were weak in our sin, God was on our side. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not holding your sins against you. You know that God really did get over the sin issue? He got over it. He got over it. His anger is not there anymore. He poured all that out, all that judgment, all that wrath on his own son. And Jesus gladly took the blame for all of our stumbling and fumbling and failing and sinning. Jesus said, I'll take the blame for that. And it, that's like as if that's not enough, right? I mean, that's incredible. So then not only did he do that, but then he credited you with his righteousness. Like you'd never done anything wrong. Like you're completely justified. Yeah. I don't know why God is so good, but I sure am glad he is. This is the story. This isn't a road that we're building to God. No, no, no. We got on a different road, and that road was what God built to us. 
the person of the Lord Jesus. And that road leads us to the Father. Jesus said no one comes to the Father. See, all these other roads that men are building in their own efforts, they're trying so hard. They're trying to do their best. See, they all do arrive. They do lead to God, but not Father God. They lead to God the judge. But the road God built to us leads us into the family. Believe. Believe. Believe the gospel. Believe in this church, in this culture. It is one of believing. And you can know and you can rest assured that when we pray for you, if you need prayer, somebody in this church prays for you, they're going to pray. They're not going to be praying some little, well, Lord, if it be your will, we just ask somehow that you'd look down upon us in our misery and where's the foot sore and poorly shod and we don't really ask for much, Lord, and, and I'm kind of embarrassed to even ask you for anything because I'm just a worm of human being and I'm the reason why you were crucified. And I, Shut up! And we don't, we're going to pray and we're going to declare what God has said. Right? We're going to pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. He said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. See, prayer doesn't make your faith work. On the contrary, your faith makes your prayer work. And these are the terms that we must meet. He's got these terms that we must meet for us to be able to truly have what he said we can have. And he said, here are the terms. When you pray, believe you receive. This, is, and this takes us beyond this like, whoosh, let's throw up a prayer and see what happens. Hmm? Let's roll the dice. Come on, seven, come eleven, Jesus, help me. <laughs> Knock on wood, rub a rabbit's foot, do something. Uh, no, 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 no. This is an assurance. Our God offers us assurances, not just wishful thinking, not just not false hopes, but real hope and real answers. And Jesus said, Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Those are the terms. You believe that you receive. My part is you'll have them. I will make sure that you get those things because God loves to bless and honor and he responds to faith. Believing. Believing. We declare what the word of God says. If you need healing, we don't ask the Lord if it's his will. We already know what it is. Because our Savior bears the marks of the covenant. His body was broken for our healing and by his stripes. We are healed. There's no, there's no question with God in that. Huh? What else does he have to do to prove it to us that it's his will? Hmm? Because in the same afternoon that blood was shed for your forgiveness, do we all b- believe that we're forgiven of our sins? Anybody here have issues? You're not, yeah, I don't know. Huh? I, I could talk to my friends across denominational borders and we all believe that Jesus' blood was shed for our sins. We do. But when you talk about healing, it's like whew, the walls come up, the divisions come. But the same afternoon, it was, how do you separate it? In the same afternoon, the blood was shed for our sins. His body was broken for our healing. How do you even make any separation? Amen. So we believe that. And we see the fruit of it. But this is also a place where you belong. I believe that God brought you here. I do. I believe that you were led here by the Lord. And I believe that it is according to his good pleasure. And it's by his purpose that you're here. Because God sets members in the body as he pleases. See, He's pleased to have you here. I'm pleased to have you here. But just know this. In this culture, this is a place where you're going to be loved. 
This is a place where you're going to be accepted. This is a place that you can truly be you. You can truly be you. And we wouldn't want anything else. Because we love you for who you are. Because God loves you for who you are. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. And if that's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. Amen? Amen. This is a church where you belong. I'll never get over the first time I met Charlie. It was a shock to my entire system. It was. And I love telling this story. It's my first time ever to come into our church. Now, we weren't in this building at the time, and we weren't called One Cause Church. We were called Cornerstone Worship Center. We were downtown McKinney on Lamar Street in the storefront there. And my dad had come on staff, uh, kind of an interim pastor, until uh, he took over with Brother Ogden. And he said, oh, you guys need to come and, and check out this church. And my brother-in-law, Derek, and I were together. And um, so he gave us directions of where to go. And so we walk in. It was a Sunday morning. And we got there and walked in the front door. And Charlie's standing there. And he, come here. Not Kenya. I walk in. And I'm going to be Charlie, all right? And he says, hello, welcome to... You all know the hug, don't you? <laughs> this is the next thing he does. He holds me at an arm's length, looks me square in the eye, and says, I sure do love you. Like, I love you too. I better say I love you too. Because he had a grip, this like python grip, you know, like, I'm not going to tick this guy off. And I do love you, Charlie. Very much, you and Miss Roxanne, very much. You were my, the first face I saw coming into this church. I, never, I, has to, I haven't recovered since. I really haven't. But for what, what I learned about this church, what it is or what it isn't, it's certainly a place where you're going to be loved. All right? Just going to pull you right into this culture. And you belong here. Hmm? You belong here. Because we believe in drawing circles of love and not lines of division. But you're belonging here for who you are. There's also another element to that and for what you have yeah. in the way of talent, in the way of capabilities, in the way of gifts. That God brought you here to, do a, to be a functional part, yeah. to be a contributor. And, you know, we're all contributing, then the body's healthy and strong. And it also helps us. It helps us reach further into the world. It helps us uh, um, to uh, strengthen and to grow and to build the church. Your part. And it, and it reaps eternal dividends. I've got to move forward. Holy moly. Okay. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. This will be our last place we're going to. Believe and to belong. But instead... Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and read that because I like this. This is the, the Passion Translation. Speaking of belonging, listen to this. Look at the power of this. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of His body, the church. For, this, for His body has been formed in His image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Isn't that beautiful? And every member, say that's me, has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. 
And these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body. We are built up and made perfect in love. This young man kind of had a revelation sitting in Bible school one day, and he came up to his professor after it was over, and he said, Professor, he said, isn't it so good to know that we are secure and that we are safe and secure in the arms of Jesus? And the professor said, son, it's better than that. I'm safe as an arm of Jesus. We are all individual members of the body of Christ. You belong. You belong. And thirdly, it's about our becoming. Becoming what? More and more like Jesus. That's the goal. That's the goal. More and more like him. He predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son, the scripture says. There's no predestination outside of Jesus. But when you're in him, you are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. What a powerful thought. And our, our, your greatest potential in becoming like Jesus is found in the gathering, just like this, in the house of God. In the house of God. Look at this, Ephesians 4. We'll finish up this. And he gave him, he himself gave. This is talking about after Jesus died and rose. And he ascended up on high. And then, a, as a result, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. It's the gift from Jesus for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come, watch, till we all come, till we all become, see this, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is big. That is just big. What it's saying is to be to a perfect man just means to full maturity, fully mature. And then do we come into all the fullness of God? What God is saying is, I want you to have all of me. I want you to have all of my son to know everything about the fullness, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's no way that we can really know that except together, because that's when we see really the beauty of the body as individual members. We see the bigger picture. It's glorious. And we all belong in that body. And you and I, to become all that God has called us to be, is not going to be realized in our own individuality. That will be realized when we're unified, when we're gathered in the name of Jesus. That's when we can truly, all the potential to become everything God has called us to be happens, not alone, but together. Amen. Can I get a good amen? Our culture is to believe. We believe the, the living God. We believe his gospel. We believe his word. We believe his promises. We believe that anything's possible. Because we believe. We also belong. Knowing that God, before we ever loved him, he loved us. He accepted us and he chose us. So therefore, this is how we treat one another. As members of the family of God. You belong here. Come on, just turn to somebody and tell them, you belong here. You belong here. You belong here. You're welcome here. You're loved here. And lastly, to become. To become more like Jesus. That's the goal. 
One thing I love about Jesus, the scripture says, as our elder brother, it says that he's not ashamed to call us family. Yeah. <laughs> I've been ashamed of myself as a family member in the family of God. Come on. You've done things where you were ashamed of yourself because you knew that's not properly representing the family. But Jesus didn't see you like that. He's not ashamed to call you family. He knows everything about you, and he's still not ashamed to call you family. I love that about him. It's so much deeper than just a, an acquaintance or even a friendship. It's family. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, I want to thank you for this time with these precious people. Thank you, Lord, for the culture that you have built here at One Cause Church. I'm so grateful to be a part of this place where we seek to be unified and to focus on the things that unify us more than what divides us. And we are all truly gathered around this glorious gospel and fully trust and hope in Jesus as our Savior, knowing we gave up on ourselves to do it. We put all of our trust in Him because only He could truly save us to the uttermost. Thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, that you so loved us that you did not want to live without us, but you paid the highest price. You didn't just give the most important thing that you had, the most valuable thing. No, you gave everything you had when you gave us Jesus. And thank you that he finished the work. He finished the work. He redeemed us. He reconciled us. He has made us new creations now. Thank you, Father God, for your mercy and your grace here in this place. And I pray, Lord, that every person here in the sound of my voice will right now know and experience and even feel the love that you have for them in a greater way. Right now, even in this moment, that you would just wash that over them. The reality of your love, your love that covers a multitude of sins, your love that casts out all fear, your love that never, never fails. Thank you, Lord. And I pray, God, that, that we as a church, that everybody would find their place and function well in their place. Because, Lord, we want to know the fullness of Christ. We want to know what all that means, all the glory and the beauty and the power of it, God. So, Lord, we're, we want to do that. We know it's going to be together. We're asking you to continue to bless One Cause Church. You continue to grow us and increase us, God. And our voice will get louder in this earth. We can reach further, God. We can love more and we can serve more as you build us and as you grow us and as you increase us. And we do all of this for and because of the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, who knew no sin, but became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, 
please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.